One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. WWE tryouts, by their very nature, must be nerve-wracking. The fear of failure must creep into the back of every wrestler's mind. I mean, what if Vince McMahon sees them work and thinks that they're utter shit? What if one of McMahon's lieutenants happens to be having a bad day or gets on a power trip and that scuppers someone's chances straight away? There are a million things to think about on top of actually wrestling a good match. And on top of all of this, things can just be, well, plain awkward. So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 awkward WWE. WWE auditions. Number 10. The Boogeyman Lies to WWE The Boogeyman became known for munching worms and terrifying a whole new generation of kids who'd missed The Undertaker's early days or Papa Shango making the ultimate warrior spew green goo. Because beneath the paints, 40-year-old Marty Wright was lying to the WWE about his age. Wright informed Tough Enough's producers back in 2004 that he was actually 30, which, well, wasn't the truth. This led to a super awkward moment when WWE learned that their impressive prospect knew high was 10 years years older than he claimed to be. Of course, these reality shows are a work, but Boogie himself has said in interviews that this bit of Tough Enough was pretty much a shoot. Wright got called out for trying to deceive WWE chiefs, and they weren't too happy about it. Watching Wright try to wriggle his way out of going to his car for his ID is still painful viewing today. Number 9. DDP's Announcing Audition Flops Seeing Diamond Dallas Page perform a WWF announcing trial alongside Lord Alfred Hayes in the late 1980s is quite the trip. WWE featured footage from this audition on Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions, and it really is must-see stuff. Looking back, Paige could have seen that Hayes was going through the motions as they worked an intro in front of a green-screened live crowd. And this is crazy to say, but DDP was almost too over-the-top for the brash, colourful world of the late 80s sports entertainment. Also, DDP was just finding his feet as a performer generally. He wasn't quite the rugged, diamond-cutter-hitting man of the people quite yet, and his AWA character had been bombastic and rather silly. That meant that he looked every bit like he had no clue how to be a wrestling announcer next to the era's top stickmen. Number 8. Paul Heyman Hoots Like an Owl Now, DDP also got some advice from Paul Heyman before his WWF tryout. The future ECW boss warned Paige that Federation Brass would try to rip the piss out of him for having long hair. And if you're confused by that, well, Heyman had actually experienced this because they'd done exactly that to him. Paul told DDP that the WWF would try to make him pull on his ponytail mid-audition. Jim Cornette also revealed via his podcast that he'd heard the company also made Heyman hoot like an owl. Hoot 
like an owl. Were they trying to turn him into an owl-based precursor to the Red Rooster? Heyman apparently yanked on his own hair and made funny noises aplenty during his own trial. And much like Paige, he didn't make the Vinnie Mac announcing grade and ended up heading to WCW for a more successful run as the Motormouth manager who cut deals for clients on an oversized cell phone. Number 7. Seamus and Wade Barrett Bark Like Dogs Apparently the animal noises don't stop there. Because Freddie Prince Jr. has actually discussed this in several interviews and it will probably pop up on his podcast at some point. Because according to the ex-actor and WWE creative team member, both Seamus and Wade Barrett were asked to bark like dogs during their respective triumphs. So Cornette mentioned on his drive-thru once that this wasn't actually an uncommon practice for Vince whenever the boss felt like he wasn't getting the most out of someone promo-wise. His dog barking routine was supposed to break the ice and loosen people up. Or, you know, just make them feel like complete and utter twats. One can only imagine what a young Barrett and Seamus must have been thinking as McMahon encouraged them to do their best impression of Rex for his own amusement. Number 6. Bret Hart Gets Totally Ignored by Vince McMahon Bret, who was incorrectly titled as Bret with two T's on TV, teamed with the Dynamite Kid in a tryout tag team match on the 29th of August 1984. The future hitman had gone down with a nasty knee injury mere weeks before, but he didn't want to miss the chance of bagging a lucrative contract with the thriving Fed and so he took the gig. Hart didn't end up doing much in the match, presumably because he was in serious pain. Backstage afterwards, McMahon gushed over Dynamite's performance and gave him a hearty hug and handshake combo. Brett, expecting the same treatment, was left crushed when Vince barely even looked at him and walked away without saying one word. That told Brett all he needed to know. The most important man in the biz wasn't impressed by his in-ring work and he'd failed the audition. Or not, as it turned out, because Hart was hired before too long and the rest, well, is history. Number 5. Renee Young Scrambles to Sell Utter Nonsense Now, WWE eventually leaked footage of Renee Young's tryout and it is... Well, cringe city, my friend. The 2012 clip involves a visibly uncomfortable Renee attempting to sell viewers on some bullshit pet groomer tool. Throughout, she stammers her way through some improvised dialogue about a product that doesn't even exist, and one can almost feel the awkwardness inside that room. From there, Young was asked to do a little colour commentary with Matt Stryker. But that didn't turn out to be her thing either, and it wasn't until producers had her host some wrap-up content that she started to settle her nerves, because that was actually in her wheelhouse, seeing as she'd already been doing the same sort of thing on TV in Canada. Number 4. Alexa Bliss is baby swag. Uh, Meet baby swag. That's what Alexa Bliss called herself when she committed a trial promo to tape and fired it off to the WWE headquarters in 2013. The then-diva wannabe told fans via an episode of WWE 365 that the whole thing was really, really bad. Bliss paid some dude $100 to film her in a bikini as well. That's what WWE's audition criteria stipulated that she must wear. And it's why Alexa, whilst wearing the most forced smile of all the times, could be seen strutting around what looks like a cafeteria in her beachwear. Baby Swag described herself as bubbly, flirty, and always trying to be the center of attention. Then she said she could turn feisty just like that before clicking her fingers. Bliss basically used every adjective that John Laurinaitis was looking for in the smart and sexy divas category. Number 3. Triple H asks Sonya Deville a rather awkward question. Are you in a relationship? That's what Triple H asked a bemused Sonya Deville during her triumph for Tough Enough in 2015. There was an awkward pause before the future Raw and SmackDown authority figure answered. Was Trips hitting on her publicly? Was this a trick question? Did WWE expect her to launch into a promo about some make-believe partner? Well, it turns out none of the above. The game was just simply trying to gauge Deville's dedication to the pro wrestling industry by asking if she had any personal commitments that might make the touring schedule a bit too tough on her. But it did take Sonya a while
while to realise that that's what he meant. And Deville didn't feel too comfortable revealing that she was gay back then either, which is a horrendous commentary on life from seven years ago, because Sonya was worried that her sexuality would be used against her or prevent her from making a splash in the WWE. That wasn't the case, thankfully. Number 2. Drew McIntyre Thinks The Undertaker Hates Him Drew McIntyre deserves praise for constantly being open about his struggle-filled rise to the top. The Big Scott has always been honest about everything from drinking too much and family to crippling self-doubt and more. That's partly why his eventual WWE title win meant so much to so many people, because back in 2007, Drew never thought he'd get there. McIntyre was running some in-ring drills during a tryout, and various WWE stars were just milling around and chatting and just going over their matches for the night. At one point, The Undertaker bursts out laughing just as Drew had completed one of his exercises. Immediately, the rookie thought that Taker was mocking him. He'd find out later that this wasn't the case. Taker was actually giggling at a joke that somebody had cracked around ringside, but Drew thought for sure that one of the most influential influential wrestlers ever hated him though, and that moment totally knocked his confidence for the rest of the tryout. And number one, Baron Corbin falls flat on his face. Well, at least Drew didn't literally fall flat on his face. Poor old Baron Corbin did, however. He told Corey Graves' After the Bell show that he made a crucial error during the first few minutes of his WWE tryout. Corbin bragged about being an athlete, and that made him a target straight away. Perhaps looking to prove a point, the group's trainer, Dr. Tom Pritchard, had Baron run a drill over and over. Pritchard encouraged Corbin to work a drop-down and leapfrog spot until he told him to stop. Things were going well at first, but then Baron got tired and very sloppy. Totally shattered, he tripped over his own feet after around 18 repetitions and face-planted right in the middle of the ring. Dr. Tom's response? I thought you said you were an athlete. This embarrassing botch would haunt Corbin for a while, and it might have even become a way for other workers to gently rib him backstage. Christ knows how he managed to pull it all together after that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.